they'll say something like, oh, I'm terrible with names. I'm a faces person. I remember faces, not Mm -hmm. names. And anytime you say things that you believe to be true about yourself, you continue to program your brain. Mm -hmm. So you want to stop that and replace it with names matter a lot to me. I know how important names are. And I put great emphasis in remembering people's names. Welcome once again to another edition of the Launchpad podcast, and I have a very exciting guest on the show today. He has almost 300,000 followers on TikTok. I'm a follower myself. He's a globetrotting motivational speaker, author, and founder of expertspeaker.com. He helps others manifest the things that they want in life through the power of words. Please welcome to the podcast, Majid, like magic, Magaraban. How are you doing, brother? Great to be here, Jason. Thank you for the beautiful introduction. So here are a couple of topics that I'd love to cover with you. Number one, money. Everyone wants to know how to make more money. And maybe a lot of people out there don't realize how words can really impact the amount of money that you make. That's kind of your expertise. Also, to improve relationships, you want to be liked. People buy from those they know, like, and trust. Also, just being aligned and then just being a better communicator as a whole. So I'm just really curious, when did your fascination with words begin? Um, you know, growing up in a a bit of a chaotic household, um, I discovered as a young man, as a young boy, that, um, I could ease the tensions of heightened emotions with, uh, entertainment. So I could tell jokes and I can be cute and I can, you know, make mommy stop crying and make her laugh. Um, I also grew up changing schools every year until high school. So I was constantly in this uh, pattern of make new friends to survive. So how do I get people to like me, know me, and trust me quickly? Because I'm always the new kid. And here I am living with 25 artists and entrepreneurs in Guatemala. (laughs) And this ain't my first rodeo. Uh, You know, I entered the scene, mapped out the whole social map. Who knows who? How did they get here? What's the hierarchy? Who's dating? Who's the entrepreneur style, who's the artist style, and being able to shift into the appropriate demeanor and character to make each person feel like, have we known each other for years? Are are we best friends? Are are you my brother? Mm -hmm. And this is just almost built out of a survival uh, tactic to not feel like an outsider. So I can very quickly uh, make myself feel like an insider. Right. Okay. So let's just start with the very beginnings of that. That's interesting. So mm-hmm. I'm meeting you for the first time. And we all hear about the importance of a handshake and maybe not pay so much attention to what's the dialogue that we should be sharing with people over and over and over again that makes you a likable individual. What's the number one mistake people make when they're meeting somebody? And how can we go about correcting that? Well, You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it a mistake, but I would say there's a challenge that people are very nervous. They're in their heads. And uh, the way to solve thinking problems is to don't be thinking, be doing. Mm. So when you see someone, you smile, you walk towards them, you stick out your hand, you connect the web between your thumb and index finger to the web between their thumb and index finger, squeeze a little harder than you think you might need to. Give it one, two, three, four hard pumps and say, hey, great to meet you. I don't think we've met yet. My name is Majid. What's your name? Okay. But if you think about it and you go, I don't know, should I, should I approach them? And you look at them and you look away, then they're like, 
what's wrong with this person? Why are they? Sh- is there something wrong with me? Yeah. The tension builds, and then you're holding a drink and a plate with cheese and crackers, and you're like, I, I, I don't have a free hand. I gotta walk the other way. <laughs> so don't think, act, and um, if you don't feel like you're the kind of schmoozy kind of friendly character, then pretend. Just get in character. Be be the high, what I like to think of is can I be the most high vibe person in this room? Mm. That's powerful. Can I be happy to be here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And using people's names, I've seen one of your videos talking about yeah. how important that is and why. Yeah, Jason. The sweetest sound in any language is Jason. Not the sweetest sound in any language is your name. Or the person's name you're talking to. I got this from the book by Dale Carnegie called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. So you say Jason. Jason, is that J-A-S-O-N or J-A-Y-S-O-N? And all of a sudden, you're like, how did you know there's more more than one spelling with Jasons? I do this with every single Sarah I meet. Sarah, is that Sarah with an H or Sarah no H? Mm -hmm. And then whatever they say, they go, ah. Then I say, oh, okay. I like the Sarahs with the H. Right? Oh, no H. Very efficient. Four letters only. Good. So, um. Here's how you get better at remembering people's names. You start by auditing your language about your what you say about remembering people's names because people will immediately reveal their belief system about name mem- memory. They'll say something like, oh, I'm terrible with names. I'm a faces person. I remember faces, not mm-hmm. names. And anytime you say things that you believe to be true about yourself, you continue to program your brain. Mm-hmm. So you want to stop that and replace it with, Names matter a lot to me. I know how important names are, and I put great emphasis in remembering people's names. So start at the foundation of your own belief about your ability to remember people's names. Hmm. You might want to consider believing that getting better at remembering people's names is a learnable skill. Again, don't feel like this is a fixed thing like, oh, my brain, my my name recognition set of my brain is broken. No, it's not. It can be fixed. It can be get, it can be improved. So I appreciate people's names. I know how important it is. I make a great effort to remember them. And I find ways to remember people's names because it's important to me. So these are things you can start to program into your belief system. Hmm. Now imagine you're walking through life playing a game where anybody can push the pause button and quiz you, what's their name? And if you get it right, you get $1,000. If you were playing that game, you would instantly get better at remembering people's names. And what I mean by this metaphor is that if you make it important, if you put a value to it, you can and will get better at it. So if you're in sales, you'll make more money when you use people's names. Mm -hmm. If you're in leadership, you'll be a better leader when you use people's names. So place a higher importance on it. So now you have a, a belief that it's learnable and you're getting better at it. You have a belief that it's important. Now... When you hear someone's name, say it back to them. Now you heard it twice. You say Jason, I say Jason. Then I think J-A, is it J-A-S-O-N or J-A-Y-S-O-N or is it something even more clever? How do you spell that? J-A-S-O-N. Are you named after someone? Is there a Jason in your family you're named after? Now I'm picturing you and Uncle Jason. So now I have some association or one of the one of my favorite name introductions happened about 14 years ago. Indian guy called Sadir. And he says, my name is Sadir. And then he takes his hand and he like uh, makes a little crybaby face. I'm I'm speaking out this motion just uh-huh, in okay. case someone's only listening and not seeing it. He makes a little crybaby face and he says sad. And then he tugs on the lobe of his ear and he says ear. He says, it's like sad ear, Sadir. 
And I go, oh, I'm never going to forget that. Cool. So you say it a bunch of times, you spell it, you ask about it, you ask, what does it mean? Where is it from? And then if you still forget it after that, you say, I'm so sorry. Can you remind me what your name is? Jason, 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 J-A-S-O-N. Got it. Okay. And is this where your Majid like magic do that for me? So I introduce <laughs> myself as Majid like magic. Yes. And okay. I say it kind of odd like that. Majid like magic. And mm-hmm. the principle here is when you say it with a beat, it makes it easy to repeat. Okay. So instead of saying I'm Majid like magic, I always say Majid like magic whenever I'm on a video. And then I do this thing with my hands because I learned that I was making a lot of videos for Facebook. And I would do like Facebook lives or I would record a video and post it on Facebook. And I realized as a user on my phone scrolling, videos don't have sound until you stop scrolling and click. Mm. So what I would do is I would do this sort of strange hand motion in front of the camera, moving my fingers around just to get people to stop their scrolling because getting people's attention on Facebook anyway with the videos, mm-hmm. um, it's different now with TikTok. With TikTok, you scroll to the next one. You don't need to turn the sound on. But with Facebook, you're scrolling, 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 and you have to turn the sound on if you're interested. Mm-hmm. So we got to get them to stop scrolling, turn on the sound. So that became kind of like a call sign for me as I would wave my fingers in front of the camera to get people to stop scrolling and say, hey, guys, it's Majid like magic. And then I'll do my video and I'll, I'll say, hey, in this video, I'm going to tell you the three keys to remembering people's names. And then I'll deliver the video and then I'll say, thanks for watching the video. It's Majid, like magic. I'll see you in the next video. Okay. And it's like I'm a little friend with you on your phone. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll see you in the next video. Okay. Now you help people make high ticket sales. And I want to get to that because we're talking about the fundamentals here and you are well uh, beyond that. And I do want to talk about your TikTok as a whole, though. Because it's very digestible bits of information that people can use, practical advice, almost each and every day. And what had you thinking that TikTok would be a platform that would work for you? And why do you think it went so well? Well, so I remember the first time I heard of TikTok was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So that would be early 2020. And I was instantly hooked. And at that time, it was mostly like lip syncing and dance videos. And I'll be totally honest. I'm a grown man. And I love both of those things, lip syncing and dancing. And I was like, (laughs) I want to be a part of this. This Mm -hmm. is really cool. And I started making videos for my kids, um, lip syncing and dancing and sending them to my kids. Um, And then my experience of TikTok started to shift into learning. And I started following these creators who were basically taking ancient wisdom, assimilating it into 30 to 60 seconds of digestible content for me, because I don't love reading. I like to listen. I like to see. It's much more easy for me to comprehend. And I just became so grateful to these creators that I've never met before. And I started seeing some of my friends um, who are coaches and consultants producing videos and getting 10,000 followers. Mm. And here I am like 10 10 years into business. I got 2,000 email addresses, which is great. And here's my buddy who started TikTok a month ago. He's got 10,000 followers. Then my other buddy's got 100,000 followers. Right. 100,000 people. Like as a professional speaker, when I started in the industry, when I started in the business, my dream was to be speaking at some sort of like a football stadium and having the zoom in video on the Megatron 
you know, the big, big, big freaking screen. And that's like 30,000 people. Yeah. 20,000, 30,000, maybe 50,000 if you go to like the biggest stadiums in the world. Okay. And now we can put out these videos from our pocket for free and get 100,000, 200,000, 500,000, millions. Mm -hmm. I've got one video that has something like 4 million views. And if I count that in in football stadiums, 50,000 people at a time, that's 20, 50,000 person football stadiums is a million times four is like that's 80 stadiums that's a lot of stadiums that's every single stadium of most of the capitals of the world right right it's just crazy so um so i hired a team sergo media shout out let me know if you want an introduction if you're listening to this i love introducing people to these these guys because this is what happened I, i i went from i should be on tiktok to I'm going to try to post something to how the heck do I edit the thing and make it look cool. And honestly, I just couldn't get myself to do it. Mm-hmm. So I paid a team to show up and they showed up with lights, camera, microphone. And I sat there and I just talked to the camera for, I think we shot like 40 episodes. And then magically they just started showing up on the internet. They were okay. posting it for me. <laughs> yeah. And what's what works for me about that, Jason? Yeah is um, as confident as I may come across, I do have, uh, I'm self-conscious. And I look at my video and I go, I don't really like how it looks. I don't really like how I sound. But these guys, they don't care. They're just posting it, right? They're not emotionally attached to Mm -hmm. the judgment that I fear with this posting. So I love the service of like someone else, just please just put it on the internet. And it doesn't just show up on TikTok. It's on Instagram. It's on LinkedIn. I started getting messages from people saying, I love your LinkedIn content. And I'm like, you must have the wrong person because I haven't been on LinkedIn in a long time. Right. And they're like, no, no, we're watching your videos. I'm so cool. These guys are like posting them everywhere. So nice camera, nice video, nice, nice microphone. Now, I will tell you what I think actually is the reason why I blew up. Um, there was one video that bothered a lot of people. Mm. It was right around Christmas time. And um, I occasionally like to paint my nails on my <laughs> fingers a yeah. case, uh, some some bizarre colors just because it gives me the, the the just I just do it for fun. OK, so I was at the mall. I was at the mall a couple weeks before Christmas and I was like, I'm going to make red glittery and gold glittery fingernail polish because it's Christmas time <laughs> so for sure. So I sit down. Why not? My hands, right. And so I'm I'm doing this talk and I, I got this gesture right here and it's not inten- I'm not intentionally like sh- like showing my fingers, but it's quite clear that I have glitter on my fingernails. And then I start this, uh, you know, I was doing this whole series of replace this word with that word. So instead of saying, uh, I hope say, I trust, instead of saying, I hope you have a good day, say, I trust to have a good day. Instead of saying, I have to go grocery shopping, say, I get to go, go, go grocery shopping. So a little word replacements, mm-hmm. but this one's controversial. I, I start the video with don't say, sorry, say, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I go on to give some examples of that. Like, um, you know, instead of saying, I'm sorry, I'm late to the meeting, say, thank you f- for your patience. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, I, uh, had a really hard time with this presentation saying, thank you. Uh, thank you for your patience. Right. for example, um, so people got into the comments, they were just triggered. They were like, what do you mean? Don't say sorry. You should say sorry. And uh, what is that? You know? And so they didn't quite agree with it. And 
if you look at the comments, there's like dozens of comments about like, I would never follow advice from a man with fingernail polish. Right. That's it. You're eliminated. So these two things yeah. got a lot of engagement. So yeah. I've now come to realize like, uh, well, the first half a second of a video is just so critical mm -hmm. because if you ever watch someone scrolling, if you, if you even watch me scrolling on TikTok, it's like, nope, nope, nope. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay you got me for like one second but you better be good in the first second otherwise i'm i'm out of here right so mm -hmm. we just got this like really itchy trigger finger to swipe so it just so happened that that video got a lot of people's attention real quick um and another kind of bizarre like hack is like sometimes people misspell a word you know i have these like animated subtitles and if it's misspelled people will feel compelled to go into the comments and say hey listen you misspelled this word which is actually great for engagement mm. right so it's okay it's these little things that uh, get people hooked, get people engaged. Okay. Do it too much, though. Yeah. People think you're just not that bright. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they won't follow you for finger polish. Uh, they probably won't follow you if you can't spell ever. Uh, now, yeah. you were on a good friend of mine's podcast, Nick Sarnicola. Nick? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. man, I wasn't surprised in regards to you were on that show, but I was kind of surprised that I saw you really – I think it was just a few weeks before, or maybe just a couple of months, you had a a networking event at your house. And the next thing I know, you're in Miami and you're talking to someone that I've known for about a decade. And he's an incredibly yeah. successful, wealthy entrepreneur, uh, one of my mentors throughout the years. Uh, he's done a $2 billion run with a network marketing company. And I know that he does not waste his time. Uh, he yes. is very intentional with his time. And the fact that you were sitting in front of him for any period of time goes to show uh, in what high regard he holds you. Yes. Now, you've done a lot of work to get yourself in that position to talk to high-powered people like him. And mm -hmm. what is it within your sales strategy? What was it about you? that he wanted to have that conversation on the podcast that day and pick your brain. Yeah, that was a really interesting series of events that I can certainly deconstruct for you how it ended up that I'm at his podcast. And um, so I'll tell you what happened. Um, I live to travel is one of my mantras. Mm -hmm. And anytime I book a flight anywhere, I kind of circle a little perimeter around, say, like, where else could I go? So I have this guy, we do these video recordings in Tampa, Florida. And one of my clients says, I'm I'm going to go to Miami afterwards. So I Google, like, how far is Miami from Tampa? I'd never been to Miami before. So we're going to rent a convertible. We're going to drive to Miami. And then I look on my Facebook and I see, who do I know in Miami? Hmm. And it turns out I know a bunch of studs in Miami, a bunch of really uh, successful people. We just sort of been like connected through Facebook or we're in a mastermind together. So I decided I'm going to put together um, Miami's hottest networking night amongst Majid's loose connections. These are, <laughs> okay. I call them loose connections sure. because most of them I've never met before. Right. But we've either had some sort of chat or maybe we've been on a Zoom before. So I make my list and it's pretty impressive. This list is pretty impressive. And I start reaching out to these people and I say, hey, I'm going to do a connections dinner. It's a BYO or it's a it's a pay your own way. I'm just going to make a reservation at a restaurant. And I reach out to my friend who is a uh, jewelry 
jewelry purchasing consultant for ultra high net individuals in Miami. Okay. Sounds good. And I was like, I was like, Maritza, what's the best restaurant in Miami? So she tells me about this place that's like literally on the beach and like everybody is like really, really beautiful. I think that maybe goes for most of Miami because just everyone's <laughs> pretty gorgeous. good looking people. Yes. Everyone's like super fit and yeah. super tan. And so uh, there's valet parking and um, I took extreme care in crafting a magical invitation. These are the words, okay, mm -hmm. that go into a Google Doc. Mm -hmm. This this invitation, I'm texting this invitation. or, And you would have experienced that, Jason, because you came to my networking event at Erica's house. And first we made a graphic in Canva. Mm -hmm. And just there, you're like, oh, this is like, this is an actual thing. There's a graphic, right? And then we made a Facebook event and there were some words that really got people excited. Like I described the event that you came to, Jason, as Ottawa's sexiest socialites, movers and shakers, influencers and entrepreneurs, just to kind of raise the expectation of who's who's going to be there. Right. Right. I had I said it's a black tie. So dress up. I had a secret surprise which is a opera singer in the middle. I didn't tell people. I was really, have to, really had to keep my lips shut about that because I, I wanted to tell people because I was really excited, but I wanted to keep it a surprise because I wanted it to be an unforgettable experience. So this Miami thing's happening and people start asking me, can I invite a friend? And I said, well, the rule is the friend has to be extraordinary, amazing. They have to be a titan in their own right. Um, and so then by the fact that they would invite somebody, would be a huge compliment to the person who's being invited, mm -hmm. right? So we show up, I greet people individually. Um, there's just a lot of care that goes into the whole thing. Then you were at my party and I did a little eye gazing exercise. This is a really quick way to create a lot of deep connection. So I brought people out to the beach and I facilitated some connection through eye gazing and through conversation prompts. And by the time we sat down for dinner, we were like, wow, this is like, we're really like getting to know each other here, right? So conversation comes up and and someone says, um, listen, I know this like super successful multimillionaire guy with the penthouse and he wants us to bring the party to his place afterwards. Oh, and I said, I said, okay, yeah, who's this guy? And we show up. And I go, oh, Nick Sarnicola, I saw you present like 12 years ago, Body by Vi launch with Matthew Britt in, yes. in Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> yeah. I remember what he was wearing. He was wearing this jacket with this crest. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I was there. Yeah, totally. And so we started taking pictures of us, like texting Matt Britt. Look where we are. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then eventually everybody leaves. And I'm sober. I don't drink. So, you know. I was assuming like Miami's like everyone's just doing cocaine and drinking all the time. And I wasn't that far off, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so everyone goes home and Nick sits me down in his like fabulous leather chair next to his chest set with this uh, full 360 penthouse view of uh, skyline of Miami and the moonlight shining in. He says, you know, Majid, I read that invitation. So I put this invitation, I told you I crafted like an invitation and I had everybody fill out their social media links in this Google Doc so that we everyone can kind of snoop each other before the dinner. And I also wrote a really caring introduction message about each person that's kind of personal. Mm. You know, I would do something where I would say like, 
you know what I love about Jason is he really speaks his truth. He really shows up and he always has a smile on his face and he has the sexiest voice. Ask him about his days in radio. Oh, I like that. So, so that would be my introduction for you, Jason. And mm -hmm. so what it does is everyone gets to kind of know each other a little bit through this Google Doc before the event. I shine a really positive light on, you know, the reason why this person, I invited this person is because he's extraordinary. He has such a huge heart. And one of the guys, his father died recently mm -hmm. and he got a tattoo with uh, the final heartbeats of his father tattooed onto his arm. Wow. So I said, ask Eli about his father's heart heartbeat that's been tattooed on his arm. Now, he shared it publicly on Facebook, so mm -hmm. I knew that it was mm -hmm. like, okay to share. But that just allows people to go really deep, really quick. Right. So Nick sits me down by his chest set. It's one o'clock in the morning. Everyone's went home. This is like my first night in Miami. I've never been to Miami before. And I just threw a like a who's who of Miami yeah. at this guy's penthouse. And he's like, I read your invitation three times. I read that what you wrote about, you know, getting people together three different times. And how did you do that? So I sort of explained what I'm explaining to you about my intention to accelerate relationships and create connections. And he's like, uh, listen, are you going to be here on Wednesday? I want you to speak at my growth Wednesday weekly training that he has mm -hmm. a bunch of people tune in for. And let's do a podcast afterwards. And he says, the podcast is called Forged by Fire. I'm going to ask you about your lowest moments. Are you ready for that? And I said, Nick, I don't have to get ready. I stay ready. <laughs> and fun fact, right. I did that interview. And for the first, my first ever podcast, I had to talk to the guy afterwards, the, 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 the tech people. And I said, hey, listen, we need to delete a few pieces of that podcast. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Because Jason, I said some things that you and I could say off camera sure. when we're not recording. Mm -hmm. But um, I got a little too honest about some of my opinions about how Canada has been treating people sure. the last couple of years. And so I was like, and also uh, I, I mentioned a few things that technically if they were put in front of law enforcement, they would have uh, some grounds to be um, bothering me. Right. So I was like, let's, let's delete those parts. Now, yeah. uh, jumping back to Nick, and when you said he was going to talk to you about your lowest moments and how you overcame, I remember you doing, I believe it might have been a live, but it was a video on Facebook talking about how your marriage was going to end and you were going different ways. I'm assuming because you talked about yes. it with Nick, you'll talk about it with me. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. So in regards like to, to well... So I'm, I'll just be incredibly transparent and I'll ask. And if you don't want to answer, that's fine. Uh, now, it, yeah. it's I don't know if the, the proper term is irony, and I don't know exactly what had you two go your separate ways. But obviously. I, communication can't solve everything, uh, yeah. but communication can help. Was there a failure on your part to communicate with your partner? at the time that had you go different ways or was it that communication that allowed you to amicably kind of just go your mm. separate ways? Great question. So I'll go on record and say, Jason, she's a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and I am a oh. Canadian Montreal fan. And right. this is why it's never going to work. No, I'm <laughs> I agree. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, so your question is, um, was communication part of how we were able to go separate ways? Is that it? Yeah. Was there a lack of communication that led to where you were? And then was it also that improvement on that lack of communication that had you 
be able to go different ways amicably. Yeah. Um, so yes. Um, it was a lack of communication that led to the ultimate demise. Mm -hmm. It was a misunderstanding of I, we were on separate pages and, um, I was, I was unaware of how bad it really was for her. And the way it ended was with a handwritten note and a walk out the door, no conversation. Mm -hmm. And when we were eventually able to talk and I asked her, why, why would you do that like that? She said to me something that reveals my powers as a communicator. She said to me, Majid, if I would have talked to you about it, you would have talked me out of it. Mm. And I was like, you're right. I would have. And so she felt that the only way she could achieve the outcome that she was after was through not communicating about it. Now we are two and a half years, almost three years into our separation. And we still remain co-parents of the cutest little babies. Uh, Ruby and Charlie will soon be nine and seven. They were four and six when this all started. And we now have guardrails on our communications, bumpers, meaning this is okay to talk about and this is not okay to talk about. Mm. And we were able to discover those boundaries by seeing when this is said, we lose connection. We There's going to be a hung up phone or a slam door or a elevated tone. And so logistical communications around where do the kids need to be and what they need to be fed and you know that sort of stuff is sort of the realm of our communication now. Hmm. Um, I have had to let go of the need to be liked. I really want my ex-wife to just think I'm awesome and us to be best buds and high five each other and celebrate our wins. And that's not happening yet. Um, and we still got a job to do to be great parents. And so for better or for worse, we are connected for life through blood and um, communication is the key to any relationship, whether it's a marriage, romantic relationship, business partnership, or in our case, co-parenting relationship. And so it's, it's the relationship that I take the most care in choosing my words so that I can um, avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And I assume that that would be a very powerful tool, your words and your mastery of words with your children in mm -hmm. being able to <laughs> get slash manipulate them to do the things that you'd like to see them do sure. by framing things differently. Could you give me one sure. example, a quick example of maybe how a parent that might be struggling uh, with getting their child to behave or execute on things that they would like them to execute on by maybe just changing around language just a little bit. Yeah. Well, as children are growing and becoming more self-aware and, and autonomous, um, they don't like to be told what to do. Mm. So I don't tell them that you have to. Like, uh, you have to, I'm going to make you or else I'm going to punish you. There's going to be consequences. If you don't get here right now, I'm going to count to three, one, two, three. If you don't come, I'm going to be really mad and you won't get ice cream. Yeah. Because they will then show me how big they are. And how much you can't make me. So I'll let them say it's your choice. 
You get mm. to. Um, you don't have to clean your room, but you get to have a clean room. You don't have to clean your room, but you get to be really proud when your friends come over. And wouldn't it be nice if everything was nice and clean when your friends come? Don't you love how much it's clean? Don't you love how you feel when your room is clean? Don't you love how you feel when your bed is made? Um, you know, you don't have to uh, take your dishes to the sink, but I love it when you take your dishes to the sink because it makes me feel like uh, we're all supporting each other in this family. I really appreciate it when you do that. So, so yeah, being aware of, um, I don't need to be in a power struggle with a six-year-old. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm also not gonna, I also <laughs> accept my role as the leader, sure. but I don't need to lead through force. Right. I can lead through invitation because people do things for their reasons. People do things that they want to do because they want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want someone to do something because they want to do it to feel safe from the threat of anger and violence, which is a potential route as a parent to threaten anger and violence and raise the tone and don't make me punish you or whatever. Mm -hmm. I would rather invite and, and um, reward. Right. So a lot of it has to do obviously with the framing going back to a reference you made earlier that you get to pay your bills. Uh, trying to frame things to where, wow, how fortunate am I that I can even pay some of this bill to be happy that you have a house to where a bill is being mailed to you. Uh, you had mentioned Dale yeah. Carnegie. I'm also a yeah. big fan of Louise Hay. God rest her yes. soul. She was someone I was really, really big into uh, yes. in regards to using that type of language. So to kind of finish off here in regards to the framing and the language that we want to use to elevate ourselves what are some of the words that we should be using day to day or maybe mantras that you go through that you find have you vibrating at a higher level to attract those types of people in regards to love relationships, friendships, big business, making that money, et cetera? Yeah. Um, the prize never chases. Mm. That's the first one. I'm the prize. Jason, you're the prize. Jason, I expect that you show up on this podcast thinking, man, Majee's lucky to be on a podcast with me. <laughs> and I show up on this podcast thinking, man, Jason's lucky to be on a podcast with me. And when I walk into a room, if I'm in, the, if I'm in my high vibe, my subconscious thought is, this room just got way cooler. This room just got way sweeter. I'm just dripping high vibes, right? Um, so in in... Romantic relationships, the opposite of that is needy and chasey and grabby, mm -hmm. you know, in sales. When I'm on a call with someone and they have the opportunity to be fortunate enough to pay me a large sum of money to become my client, without being too cocky about it, I do believe in my heart that this is a life-changing opportunity for them, that they are lucky to be extended an offer to work with me and I'm grateful and I see the greatness in them. So the prize never chases. How does it get any better than this? Is a great declaration of appreciation. It's also a great inquiry into improvement. You could be on the side of the road with a flat tire. Say, how does it get any better than this? You could be watching the sunrise with your babe and be like, man, how's it getting any better than this? And be open to the possibility that it still can be even better right. while appreciating how good it is already. I love it. 
um, going back to, you know, being in a multimillion dollar penthouse with a decamillionaire dedicated, extreme, amazing man like Nick and not feeling like, I hope I don't get kicked out by security because I'm a bum, but feeling like, of course I'm here. I just orchestrated a world-class Miami event that will be talked about for years. Mm. Um, of course I'm being invited to speak at his event. Uh, while maintaining a sense of being humble, you know, you don't want to, don't want to get too cocky, but also, <laughs> uh, also you don't want to sabotage yourself being like, I don't deserve all this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm here in absolute paradise. We're at the foot of an active volcano. We're at a beautiful mansion that has a like 10 person staff that's cleaning every room every day and feeding us gourmet meals with there's a woman here who's got 40 million downloads on Spotify. She's like a famous singer. There's a world class cellist and violinist here that are performing for us every day. There's everything's world class. And every day we're in this space of deep appreciation while at the same time saying and we manifested this and mm -hmm. we belong here mm -hmm. you know so it's a combination of appreciating it and feeling deserving is not the right word but feeling like comfortable being here right yeah well majid i could talk to you forever i really could this has been absolutely fascinating and i find the more that we have spoken like uh, like a fine wine it just keeps on getting better and i would hope that we'd be able to have another conversation like this down the road yeah. and if people want to find you there's one of those cleaners right behind you right now yeah. working hard for you majid yes uh, where can people find you and why do they want to find you yeah i'd love for you guys to visit me on tiktok mm -hmm. i'm expert speaker all one word um you can also get a copy of my book expert speaker the Book can be purchased on Amazon or you can get it for free at PDF, expertspeakerbook.com. And what that book is about is growing your business with public speaking. So I've designed a system where you can land speaking engagements and deliver talks that attract your ideal client to your business. So it's a great strategy to build your brand, gain clients. So expertspeakerbook.com. Why should you join is because uh, choosing your words is a mindfulness practice that I invite you to consider. And choosing your words changes your reality, ideally for the better. If you start saying, I get to instead of I have to, you're gonna be in a perpetual state of gratitude. You don't have to change the oil on your car. You get to change the oil on your car because you got a car. It just puts you in a state of gratitude. I don't have to pick up my kids from school at 3.30. I get to, because I have two beautiful kids that are healthy and at school today. Um, Jason, for myself and for the people who are listening, what can we do to support you? That's a very good question. You could like and subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you could keep an open mind uh, and be open to other point of views, even though if they're ones that you may disagree with. Uh, and then I would I would really hope that when uh, people when people join and and take part in what I'm doing is that they come from a place of love and abundance. And a lot of the topics that I cover, Majid, are a little bit more heated than this, or controversial which is what other people will use uh for for the podcast not not my own uh but to just hope that people will lend an ear listen come to the table and take what you want from that table or don't take anything at all i'm just happy that you sat down to take a listen 
All right. So like it, subscribe to it, listen to it with an open mind. We're on it, Jason. Thank you. And share it. And until next time, you guys take care, be well, and love simply because you can.